0: Hello and welcome to The Long Short, a new podcast brought to you by AIMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, focusing on the very latest insights on hedge funds and private credit. My name is Tom Kehoe and I'm the Global Head of Research and Communications at AIMA. AIMA is the global representative of the alternative investment industry with around 2,000 corporate members spread across 60 countries. Of these, our fund manager members account for approximately 2 trillion in hedge fund and private credit assets. Each bi-weekly episode of The Long Short will examine topical areas of interest from across the alternative investment universe, with news, views, and analysis delivered by Amis global team, as well as a host of industry experts. So whether you are a hedge fund or a private credit industry veteran, a student of the industry, or just someone interested in learning more about hedge funds and private credit, this podcast will be your ideal companion to help navigate you through the long and short of this fascinating industry. And I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleague and CEO of AMA, Jack Ingalls. Jack, welcome to The Long Short. Hello there, Tom. So Jack, hedge funds are never far away from making the news. And just a quick Google search that I've done this morning um, on hedge funds and news describes the industry as being hot again. And the hedge fund comeback looks like the real deal. We even had one well-known industry critic writing about the hedge fund industry revival. What's your take regarding what's happening across the hedge fund industry?
1: Well, Tom, as, as, as you and I well know, um, that, that's, um, that's quite refreshing because um, it, over many years, we've always had to contend with um, sharp criticism um, leveled at the hedge fund industry, particularly around its performance and its performance relative to broad equity market indices. So I think what's going on... Um, there is, uh, I, I think, people are getting over the idea that hedge funds should always be beating, uh, let's say, the S and P 500. That's always been the reference point that um, uh, a lot of uh, media commentators have always looked at when they when they judge hedge fund in, uh, hedge fund industry performance. Um, but performance has been good; has been good uh, in the um, uh, most of 2020, and it's continued on in 2021. So what we're seeing and here we are early September so I haven't really got the August data but overall hedge fund performance is up over 10 percent year to date. Uh, the industry continues to grow not just with performance but with inflows from, um, uh, from investors uh, right around the world uh, and I think there's a, a high degree of confidence being expressed both by managers themselves uh, as well as also from investors in hedge funds. So I think we are in a good spot. And I think the the signs and the signals uh, for continuation of that are very positive indeed. Why are hedge funds
0: producing such a strong performance this year? I mean, recent years, it's been modest. And years before that, it's been quite challenging. But this year and the last 18 months, we've really seen some really strong performance, some big winners as well. And that that um, decile of performance is really showing some of the very best performances coming from hedge funds, plus 40%, 50%, even higher net of fees throughout this year.
1: Yes, I think one of the, the, the clear things that seems to be emerging here, Tom, is the um, uh, the comeback of alpha, of true alpha uh, opportunities that um, hedge fund managers are able to exploit now. I think there was a dearth of that. Um, those people who perform analysis on on uh, performance numbers at hedge funds have been saying that it was extremely difficult to generate alpha for a long period when there was limited um, uh, dispersion within equity markets, for example, uh, and within fixed income markets where there were no fears of inflation at one particular time and uh, central bank intervention was keeping interest rates extremely low. So I think some of those things are beginning to fade now, uh, and the alpha opportunity um, reduced correlation within markets is uh, benefiting stock pickers, both on the long and the short side. And I've certainly been reading reports recently uh, that on the short side uh, in uh, equity funds, um, they're beginning to deliver as well at the moment, which for a long time, it was really very difficult to do that. And that's despite the fact there's been some uh, well-known um, uh, incidences this uh, this year, particularly at the beginning of the year when there was attack on, on the short positions, so-called meme stocks, uh, hedge funds have weathered that extremely well. And uh, so overall, I think um, alpha opportunities uh, have, uh, have been resurrected and managers are taking advantage of those. So you
0: mentioned long short strategy has been as one strategy that has done well during this period. And What other strategies are you hearing about that have done well?
1: So, of course, equity strategies, long, short ones, have been doing well this year, and uh, equity markets themselves have been um, reasonably robust, I think, as we can see from all the indices um, around the world. Uh, So, um, beyond that, um, there are a a number of areas that really sort of stand out to me, Uh, multi-strategy. I think there's opportunities right across markets and right across asset classes and those large multi-strategy firms um, who've got um, large teams of of, uh, portfolio managers and traders uh, are putting all this together to create really quite good strong performances for multi-strategy firms, for example. Um, uh, event-driven. Event-driven and uh, and activist strategies um, within that are also doing well. We've seen um, a significant uptick in corporate activity uh, in 2021, and that is good for the event-driven firms. And I think that's um, going to continue uh, throughout the second half of this year and certainly into the part of next year. Um, so they have been doing pretty well uh while macro funds may not necessarily in headline figures look as though they're they're, they are um uh performing as well as the equity strategies but again you know they're not trading in the equity markets in the same way that the equity long short funds are so you've got to think about what they are trying to deliver and i would say that they've actually performed pretty well this year Um, some of the movements in in fixed income markets, some of the movements in the foreign exchange markets, uh, and also in the commodity markets. Actually, the most standout for me within macro funds is actually the commodity-focused macro funds are having a very strong year. Um, So it's not um, isolated at all to to equity long-short strategies. Um, But even within equity long-short strategies, those which have a particular sector focus, um, such as energy, basic materials, uh, they seem to me to be really sort of uh, standout performers this year as well.
0: Yeah, very interesting, Jack. Um, and you you alluded to it at the beginning of our conversation about inflows into the industry and allocations from institutional investors who allocate to hedge funds are both growing in size and influence. What is driving their level of interest in hedge funds?
1: Well, I, I think the the increase... Uh, interest and allocations to uh, hedge funds that we've seen so far in 2021 are not just coming from uh, those institutions that we think of as being um, uh, the the typical investor in hedge funds, such as pension funds and uh, and foundations. We're seeing um, a resurgence of interest from family offices, uh, and also from um, uh, high net worth individuals, perhaps packaged up through um, retail ag- aggregators, such as um, uh, wealth managers and, and private banks. So it's coming uh, from all areas. And I think there's a, a, a number of reasons um, why there is some renewed interest here. One, I think, is, is performance uh, and resilience of the industry, um, particularly in the drawdown um, period of um of March 2020, when um, uh, understanding of the pandemic and its economic impact really sort of began to take hold. Uh, and hedge funds, um, while they were down during that that, that huge market um, drop off in, in March 2020, they were off much less than, um, uh, uh, hedge funds were off much less than that. Uh, and, and so I think there was a clear um, evidence there of, of hedge funds being, um, uh, protecting uh, capital more than, uh, than equity markets in times of real crisis in markets as we saw then. Um, so that was a good test uh, that hedge funds passed. But I think looking forward, there's a, a real sort of assessment of what the investment landscape looks like um, from here. Um, throughout this year, we've been hearing of the spectra of inflation looming large in people's minds and the threat of that uh, coming in the years ahead. Um, And when you've got an inflation or potential inflationary environment, then traditional investments, particularly fixed income investments, um, really look quite vulnerable. So looking for ways to protect yourself against inflation, um, against um, uh, the um, uh, removal of the sort of central bank support that we've seen now um, for many, many years, um, Really, that points to certainly the fixed income markets being most vulnerable, but actually also by then extension, um, uh, equity markets as well. So, looking for alternatives, um, not as a complete um, uh, sort of uh, departure from uh, equity and in fixed income markets, but certainly as a diversifier and in some cases a substitute. Um, from uh, from those markets, particularly from fixed income markets. So, I think as those assessments are being made uh, at the investment committee level or right across the um, uh, the realm of investors, uh, the assessment that they they should have alternatives and that hedge funds play an important part uh, in that import, in that alternatives portfolio that they're going to own.
0: And and Jack, Amy has published a few research pieces looking at the health of the industry, including a new benchmark on hedge fund industry confidence, as well as a report which um, examined investor intentions regarding alternative investments. Very briefly, what are the key takeaways from these reports?
1: Yeah, I think these reports are really quite interesting. And I think where they become extremely useful is the fact is that they're iterative. So we can compare the results um, from the last time. So you mentioned the, the, the hedge fund confident index which we um, are, are producing every quarter. Uh, and what's clear from that is that the level of confidence in the economic prospects at a firm level amongst managers is positive and it's been increasing in the most recent quarters. Now when I talk when we talk about uh, confidence, we're really um, looking at, uh, the, the, the confidence in the prospects for their firm. And they, they, they come from a number of ways. Clearly performance and therefore performance fees are an important part of that, but the ability and the, the potential for them to raise new capital, which again is good for the economic prospects of their firm, uh, and at the same time to manage their costs. Uh, and so when looking at all those things, we're very clearly hearing from managers. that They believe um, that their economic prospects are good uh, and they've been improving over the past few quarters that we've run this. Uh, and we also look at investor. We also ask investors what their intentions are in that other report that you mentioned there. And again, looking how that changes over time is, is, is really quite insightful. But the most recent one that we found um, certainly demonstrated a, a high degree of satisfaction from investors. Um, in the performance that they're getting from their hedge fund portfolios at the moment, over 80% said they're satisfied um, uh, with their their portfolios or indeed uh, um, that their portfolios, hedge fund portfolios have outperformed their expectations. And then also what's also interesting from that is what are their intentions to actually allocate more? Now let's face it, the hedge fund industry has been around quite a long time and people have probably got quite um, full allocations already but nevertheless, um, around about a third or just a little bit more than a third of uh, the respondents that we asked um, said they were looking to increase their allocations to hedge funds in the second half of 2021.
0: Thank you very much, Jack. And I think we'll go to a brief interlude.
2: This fall, the EMA Global Investor Forum will be returning virtually October 12th through 15th. Last year's event convened 460 attendees from 26 countries making it the Global Investor Conference for the Global Association. This year, we'll be back with all new speakers in a new format of interactive Meet the Allocator coffee chats, allowing participants to make real connections in a virtual environment, no matter where they are in the world. We'll also be raising money for an important cause, with 20% of all ticket sales donated to charities that help fund critical support for child abuse prevention and treatment work on behalf of vulnerable children from around the world. So join leaders from Hawaii Employees Retirement System, APG, National Bank of Abu Dhabi, State of Wisconsin Investment Board, Costa Depot, Alborn Partners, and more, and register today. Learn more at org slash events.
0: Welcome back. Uh, I'm joined by AMA CEO Jack Ingalls. And Course, it it would be remiss of us, given that we do have the CEO of the global representative for the alternative investment industry, to not ask you, Jack, what are your priorities in working with your members
1: for the second half of this year? Well, Tom, of course, as the global representative um, for the alternative investment industry, uh, we have to really understand what our members are facing um, at all times. Um, So that takes Talking to them, and clearly, what we've missed in the past year and a half is getting out and meeting with them in person. So, certainly for me, and I think for all of our our, our team at Ama, we are looking forward to getting out and really being able to drill down with with members individually and also collectively, um, if we can hold some events in person uh, and also within the various subgroups that we have within Ama. The things that they are that really matter to them and um and are challenging them at the moment but you know, first and foremost one of the key things that aimer is involved with and which uh, impact our members wherever they sit is the ever-changing nature of regulation that they are having to contend with and therefore then comply with and We now have a new chair at the SEC under Gary Gensler, and there is a substantial amount of of potential work for us to do in engaging with the SEC on some of the initiatives that they might have. Um, We're already seeing what those are. Uh, There is potentially a lot to come out in short-selling disclosures in the US that will impact people who trade uh, in the US or or who are SEC-registered. ESG is never far from people's lips and we're now seeing um, uh, it not just happening in Europe and in the EU with their directives, but there's a big stream of work coming out there on various disclosures that are going to be required in the United States. And we're seeing that elsewhere around the world. Hong Kong is another good example of that. Uh, And and of course, another big issue is the use of leverage, um, the potential Um, risks that give to financial stability really coming on the back of some um, uh, treasury movements in March 2020 uh, and also, more recently, the highly levered um, uh, collapse of, of Archegos, which was a family office, but nevertheless was um, uh, using kind of hedge fund-like strategies. So uh, a clear look at leverage um, and the potential for systemic risk. So that's something we're going to be working on very, very closely and have been uh, for a long time. Uh, and then new things, digital assets, the, re- the, um, uh, the rise of digital assets. In one of our more recent reports, uh, we definitely saw more usage of digital assets in, in our traditional hedge fund portfolios, uh, and that's on top of the increase in the number of um, dedicated digital asset hedge funds. So we have a whole work stream on that as well. So uh, there's never a shortage of stuff to do at EMA, uh, and we expect to be extremely busy in the second half of this year uh, and into next.
0: Yeah, busy pipeline as always, Jack. And thank you for that update. And you you talked about um, in-person events. Then, so are plans being made at AIMA to host in-person events for our members to network. And if so, when are they happening?
1: Well, I, I think they that will vary depending uh, on the world where we're looking to 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 host them. I mean, in in earlier this year, we did host uh, some in-person events in in Sydney, in Australia. Um, but as we know, they've gone into lockdown, so. Uh, the, the situation is really quite fluid. We are starting with some small events in the next month, uh, which will be in person. Um, we, they will be hybrid, uh, where people will also be able to watch uh, the proceedings uh, on their screens. Um, the first real large in-person event that we have planned uh, is uh, in January next year, where we hope to be in Miami. Uh, for uh, an event which focuses on um, private credit uh, and investor interest and investor intentions in in private credit. Um, So fingers crossed for that. Um, I I think there's a huge appetite for us all to get out there, uh, to to meet each other in person again and enjoy all the benefits that you get from in-person events. So um, uh, I can't promise anything, um, but certainly we're optimistic and where it's possible, we will be doing it.
0: Well, many thanks for your time, Jack. Um, Thank you for joining The Long Short, and we hope to see you back on the podcast again soon. Thanks, Tom. The Long Short was brought to you by AMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, the global representative of the alternative investment industry. Among the next topics which will be discussed include ESG across alternative investments, as well as the increasing interest of hedge funds in digital assets. New podcasts will be available every other Wednesday on our website at AMA.org, as well as to our social media channels and Spotify. Thanks for listening.